Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the digital campus of Newark United Pentecostal Church. My name is Stephen, and we are glad that you're here. If you normally are here on Friday nights, you know you're in for a treat. We have an awesome time with friends on Friday night, and we are looking forward to our time with our friend tonight. You will want to stay tuned. To all of you that this is your first time with us, we welcome you. And at the risk of getting eggs thrown at the screens, except it's your own screen, so that's your own problem if you do it. Guess where you need to go if you want to learn more about us, if you're new to us, or even some of you that are around for a while. Which Zoom ID do I use? What's the password? When is small groups? Everything can be found at newarkupc.info. In fact, I even had to remind my dear mother last night, who thought it was small group night, that all she has to do to, is go to upcoming events, and it'll tell her when we've got small groups. Yes, I'm being a little snotty. Forgive me, church. And to the guests, go check out newyorkupc.info. You can partner with us in giving, submit prayer requests, praise reports, join a small group, find out upcoming events. Everything is at your fingertips right there at newyorkupc.info. I'm excited tonight to have with us a guest that is world famous. And in order to introduce how world famous he is, I'm going to play a video for you. So fingers crossed that the technology works for us. Let me introduce you with this video. Last year, there was one moment that I got involved with where my kids were like, Dad, what did you do? All of a sudden, I had to worry about a butter guy, a butter man, who was just driving me crazy all throughout the parade. Well, butter is back and better than ever. Donnie Willis reprising his role. And when I say role, I mean... Butter roll. Mr. Mr. Donnie Willis, Willis, how are you, sir? Butterman. I'm, I'm doing great, Alex. So, so good, good to be with you today. today. So, 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 did you have any idea? When did you first find out that you and I were like a, an internet sensation? You know, it was actually right around this corner. We were coming around the corner last year. We were in the corner. And I came right here to the grandstands. And my wife actually jumps out. She goes, Donnie, what did you do? And I was like, I have no idea. What did I do? She's like, they talk about you. We hear your voice. I was like, I don't know. I got to go. And then I run away. So you're back for your second year. You're on your butter image is on the T-shirt that Macy's handing out to all the volunteers. How's, How's your year been different? different? <laughs> you, know, you know, it has been a better year than expected. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And, uh, and, and so, so we have no complaints. A lot of good things happened with our family. My wife is now principal at her school, and she's just been leading through that whole thing. And so we have, have no complaints and very blessed. Well, you, you've, you've got a shorter parade route to harass me. I'm going to be looking for you, Donnie Lewis. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you, Al. Thank you, Al. All right. All right, and let me stop that sound so I don't have today. Donnie, welcome to the broadcast. We're so excited to have you with us, and actually I want you to be the bigger picture and I'm the smaller one. This, ladies and gentlemen, is my good friend Donnie Willis, and I am proud to say I knew Donnie before he was famous. <laughs> this is true. This is I true. I knew Donnie before he was famous. So Donnie and I first met actually through, wait for it, Bible Cuisine. Donnie is uh, from Louisiana, and uh, I think Donnie, the the first the first real Beardsley you met was not really me, but was rather my father. Is that not right? 
Uh, that is correct. First of all, thank you so much for having me on tonight. I really appreciate it. And yes, it was your dad. We were judges together at North American Bible Quiz Tournament, I believe at the one maybe in Tennessee or St. Louis wow. or somewhere along there. But yeah, me and him got to sit beside each other and judge and it was so much fun. Yes, absolutely. So my dad is probably watching on the broadcast. So we'll give a shout out to my dad as well. Hey. And, uh, so, um, so Donnie, you pastor in New York City, but as I already mentioned, and obviously you have uh, gotten kind of famous there as the butter man. And we'll share a little, little bit later. Donnie's actually written a book about it uh, called Good Butter Best. Um, so get ready for the puns. My family, Donnie, right now, I am sure upstairs in the living room is cracking. They're cracking puns right and left about, you know, how I don't even want to go there. They're just horrible <laughs> that way. So anyway, I'm sure they will enjoy that. Um, but we'll share that a little bit later. But you now pastor in New York City, but you are not originally from the Northeast. You are not originally from New York City. Where are you originally from? Yeah, I'm actually from a little town called Moss Bluff, which is right outside of Lake Charles, Louisiana. So I grew up in the state of Louisiana and um, I went to college in Texas. And upon graduation, I went back to Louisiana and I was youth pastor there. Not not in Moss Bluff. I ended up in Moss Bluff right before I ended up in New York. But yeah, so mainly my life stomping grounds is Louisiana and Texas. And the, the they, they, this, is a, this is a place known for skyscrapers and lots of people, right? <laughs> How about everything under sea level? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Moss Bluff, how many people live in that town? Oh, that, there's probably, if you take Moss Bluff in the surrounding areas, I'd say you've got somewhere in between twenty to 30,000, I think. Maybe I might be wow. right. I might be wrong. I'm maybe less than that. I'm, it's been four years. I don't remember. So terrible. It's a, bus, a bustling metropolis as compared to New York City. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh my goodness. You know, actually, it's so crazy. I, I grew up on a dirt road in Moss Bluff. Um, it was actually outside the city limits of Moss Bluff. Actually, Moss Bluff is not a city. Let's, let's get, Moss Bluff is not a city. It is like a community in Lake Charles. But um, but yeah, so I grew up on a on a dirt road out there and we went we went back for Christmas and they have like two grocery stores now. I was like, oh wow, all right. Moving up. Coming up. All right. <laughs> yes. So now where did you meet your wife? Because I want to bring her into this story too before we move forward into New York City. Yeah, yeah. I met her in Texas at, 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 in college. Uh, she was a senior and I was a junior at the time. And so she, she, we met just a few months before she graduated and really hit it off. And, and we were married a couple of years later. All right. So she's originally from Texas? She is. Yes. All right. She's a Texan so, and I'm a Cajun. All right. So how many years then after you married, were you in Louisiana? Um, we were in Louisiana for two, four, five, uh, for about uh, about eight years. Okay. And during that time, what did life look like? You mentioned you were a youth pastor. Yeah. What, what else was life? What did it, I, I know that it held several kids in store for you and, and so forth. So talk a little bit about that context, that background. Yeah. So whenever we graduated from uh, uh, Texas Bible College, we ended up in a town called Wisner, 900 people. I do remember how many people lived there. Um, 900 people that... So, and, but right before that, whenever I was in college, I was, I was a junior or senior. Um, 
I felt a very strong call from God to go to New York to be a church planner, at which I was like, okay, God, whatever, that's great. And so I thought right after I went, I left Bible college that, oh man, I was going to be in New York. And the only door that all the New York started all the way back in college. Yes. Yes, sir. And it started eight years before you actually got to New York City. Yes. Yes, sir. All right. And all if, right. You, if you add those add those years, it's really 10. It was right at a decade. Um is and 2008. And and so God, I felt like God called me to New York City way back then. So I just thought, oh man, he's going to open up all the doors and we're just going to walk through the doors and we're going to be in New York. Well, the only opportunity that I had out of college was in the town of Wisner. And it was in Louisiana, Northeast corner, 900 people population. And I was like, "Mm, long way from New York. But something just kind of clicked in my mind that said, well, you're here love these, love these incredible people because they are incredible. Learn as much as you can. Um, and there's a phrase, it's not original with us, but it's one we love in our family, just simply bloom where you're planted. And, um, and we did, and God blessed us and strength and gave us strength. And right after that, we had an opportunity to be uh, youth pastors of, of a church in Thibodeau, which was much larger than I think the church was as large as the town of Wisner. Um, and we got to be youth pastors there and we learned another aspect of it, it was like a personal yet professional environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wisner was very personal. It was, hey, let's go sit on the porch and drink coffee. Thibodeau was staff meetings. Stephen, I never sat in a staff meeting in my life. I didn't <laughs> know what a staff meeting was. They're like, hey, we're going to have a meeting. I'm like, OK, meetings. Great. And um, we did that for uh, about two and a half years. And then I was a, I was asked to be assistant pastor in Most Bluff at, at home, my home church. And and so we did. We went and helped there and we served there for about four years. And and, you know, it was kind of like one of those things where I had this dream, this idea of New York has been dry docked in my mind for a while. Um, it's either hide to launch or retire the dream. It's like got to do something with it because it can't just stick, keep sitting in my mind. Um, so we made the decision to move forward with it. We were going to go through the Metro Missions program and we were going to deputize and we were going to raise a bunch of money and we were going to come and we were going to just be Metro missionaries in Queens, actually. And just a few months before we would start our deputation, we received a phone call about moving here in the next two months. <laughs> and and we did, we just said yes to it. And we walked through that door and that, and we've been in New York for four years now. All right. So before we turn to that, let's back up a yeah. moment. I want to, I want to bring, I want to bring in a little bit. So did you tell your wife before you married her that you wanted to take her from Texas? I to did. New York? I did. She never believed me. She's like, yeah, okay, Donnie. Yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. Whatever. It's like, yeah, you you and your crazy ideas. Cause I do. I have crazy ideas all the time. It's like, I was like, no, this one's gonna stick. <laughs> She's like, so whenever I came in the door. Like like being in the Macy's Day Parade. Is that another one of those crazy ideas? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like but- messing with Al Roker and, and being a butter man. <laughs> it wasn't like you could be a superhero, dude. You were a stick of butter. A stick like, of butter. Did you say, let's, let's pause there for a minute. Did you pick that costume or did you find it? <laughs> no, I did not. I did not. But, well, you know what? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. No, I did not. 
I actually picked the toast. You picked the toast? <laughs> yes. That would have been even worse. Because you've got butter, toast, and eggs in this group. It's called oh. the Breakfast Clowns. And I picked the toast. And a friend of mine picked the butter. <laughs> and we both were butter. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, so, yeah. No, man, I had, like, the, the toast jokes ready. I was, like, I was going to, like, squat down. And then I was just going to, like, jump out at the crowd and be, like, in like bread, out like toast. Oh, there we go. It sure is toasty for winter, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, you've had to you've had to pivot over to the butter. That's I've for had sure. to to, oh, had to was, What kind was, of book would you have written if it had been toast? I mean, you know. Oh my goodness, would toast have trended? I mean, it's toast. I know. Exactly. <laughs> You'd have been toast. You'd have been toast. That's that. <laughs> okay, so so you told her, but she doesn't really believe you. She's like, okay, yes. This is Donnie, the the you know the dreamer, the entrepreneur. Ah, I'm not going to worry yeah. about it. All yeah. right. So you, so you talk about going to, to Moss Bluff. Now you're assistant pastor, which, by the way, I think that's the time frame where you know you would have served with my dad. That's the time where we were um, <clears throat> unwise enough to go south and win the the Southeast Regional Bible I, Quiz Extravaganza. I remember that. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Most most of my dear Southern brothers and sisters had to uh, pray and repent a whole lot because I think they thought bad things about I us. Think I, was the, I think I was the judge during that uh, during that final quiz. Were you? I yeah. think I was, yeah. Yeah, Vincent got hot and boy, we, we rolled through him like butter. Let's yeah, just put you it did. that way. I remember it. <laughs> it was a hot knife through butter on that on that experience. <laughs> so, so you're home in Moss Bluff. You've yes. served now. This is the third church that you've served in. Two youth yes. pastors, assistant pastor. This dream is there. Yeah. What was the conversation like when you come to your wife and go, okay, we're actually doing this? Yeah. So, so the man who actually started the, the, the church that I pastor, we, 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 we just launched our first daughter work in Manhattan, but the church that I, I pastor is Westchester church. And he called me on a Sunday afternoon and said, Hey, are, are we allowed to name him on the broadcast? Sure, Steve Smith. Yeah, uh, he's I know, the, I know Steve. Steve's actually been in our church, come down to UGST classes. Yeah. And he I, was actually just with us two weeks ago for our I building dedication. I saw that. In fact, I still have to pray and repent because I feel like Steve has abandoned the Northeast. And I just have <laughs> I just have I just have hard feelings towards Steve about this. But well, people I'm, in I'm Louisiana have, have learned how to repent over that extravaganza. Yes, so I know. If you need any hips, tips on um, on on repentance and forgiveness, go ask them. I know. I just need to call Nisha and she'll help me out. <laughs> that's, that's what I need to do. Anyway, all right, so Steve Smith calls you. Yep. Steve Smith called me and said, "Hey, I'm 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 resigning. I think you would be a great pastor for this uh, for this church. I know you're already going to do Metro Missions. Um, what do you think?" And I said, "Well, you know, number one, thank you for the offer and the opportunity. But number two, uh, I need to pray about it. I need to spend some time in prayer and and just see what God's saying. Um, took a deep breath and hung up the phone. Uh, I get home. I walk in the door. And I just kind of have that look um, like something's about to, to change. And my wife sees it. And her immediate, her immediate words right out of her, out of her mouth was, our timeline, because she's on a two-year timeline of deputation. That's what she's mentally prepared for. All right, but back up, back up, back up, back up. Before that, when you first tell her, we're going to go Metro Missions, we're going to yeah. go to New York City, what was that conversation like before the, the speed up? 
Yeah, yeah. So this um, thing that's a dream, this thing that's not, ah, Donnie's just talking. Yeah. Suddenly becomes a reality. What was that like for her? She, um, you know what? She rolled with it. I've got to give her credit. She rolled with it. She she got started getting on Pinterest and seeing how cool people, because, I mean, it was going to be two years of travel. And she started seeing, like, on Pinterest, how people turn these vans into living quarters and how yeah. people go yeah. to different parks and they stay at parks and it's cool. And, no, she's a teacher, so she's like, we're going to homeschool our kids and yeah. everything. And so she's, like, loving this idea now. Like okay. she's, so she's, she's got on board and she's ready to go. And then you walk in and you got this goofy look on your face. Yes. And she's and like, our, our timeline just got moved up two years, didn't it? And that was, that was exactly what she said. Our timeline just got moved up. And I was like, well, yeah. Cause she, she saw the text message from Steve Smith that said, Hey, call me. She yeah. looked down at my phone and saw it. Cause we were at the table together. And, um, now he was Metro Missions Director at the time, wasn't he? Yes. Yes, right. he was. Okay, so he had had a normal contact with you because you're going into Metro Missions, but... Yes. All right. Yes. Um, and so I, I just said, well, well, and I'm trying to, like, tamper this down a little bit. I'm like, well, I did say, let's we're going to pray about it. We're going to spend some time fasting. And I asked for a couple of days before a response. And she gets, like, this puzzled look on her face and goes, Donnie, you've been praying for 10 years. And I was like, we have. And she's like, if you didn't get an answer in 10 years, what are we doing? <laughs> God love our wives, right? Sometimes they cut through our foolishness. I was like, so I, I was like, well, I need to call this person and I need to talk to this person and I need to like get confirmation and verification. And she's like, you've already talked to all those people. It's like. Yeah, I, I seem to remember a phone call with you about it. Something somewhere in there, I got a phone call from you asking about yeah, the Northeast. I did. Yeah, I I did as much research as I possibly could because you don't want to make a life changing decision without doing as much research as possible. Do your homework. Absolutely. And so I did. I called as many people that could have a voice on this matter because you know you want to you want to make a good decision for your family, for your marriage, for everything. And so. It was like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes later. And I, I called Steve back and I was like, we'll be there. And so I think we were scheduled to be there like in two weeks. And we we flew in and yeah, but she um she was amazing with it. And um and I couldn't have done it without her. It was a big deal. All right. So while you're in Louisiana, were you full-time ministry or did you did you were you bivocational? Talk a little bit about that before we pivot up into New York City. Sure. It was a, whenever we got to Moss Bluff, it was a full-time job at the church. However, I knew that if we were going to go to New York city, like from the beginning, you know, I told the pastor, I said, we're going to be in New York one day. God called us to New York. Just letting you know, I don't know when, but it's going to happen. And I knew that we did not want to move to New York with debt. And so yes, the church was full-time, but I also, I, I taught um, at the local high school. Um, and I, I did track, I, 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 I track coach. And so, and there were some other odd jobs that I did. So whenever it all came back, I had two full-time jobs and a part-time job and then some side things on the weekend. And we called it our season of making money. Um, it was just, that was the season we were in and we accepted it. And it was like every, and my wife was a, a teacher, she teach in fifth grade, I believe at the time. 
And so it was like that was the season. And the purpose of it was, number one, zero debt. Number two, three to six months in savings so that whenever we could make the jump, we were financially. You were, you were positioned and ready to go. That's exactly it. Positioning is everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny how God works with seasons, isn't it? it and, and, and there's times that the seasons are shorter than you expected. And then there's times that they're longer. There's times that they are um, seasons we don't like or we don't understand. Sure. And then there's other times that there are seasons that it's like they're mind blowing. It's like, I can't believe I have the opportunity to be here. And but he's the master of the seasons. He's the yes, one that makes the sun, the moon, the stars operate the way they do. And that's for times and for seasons and for years. That's right. And uh, we all face that. All right. So so you're out of debt. You you you're positioned. From the time Steve Smith calls you to when you're on site in Westchester, how long? See, yeah. so he called me into January uh, of, of uh, 17. And I think it was 17. Yeah. Into 17, January. And we were on site pastor April 1st. Wow. Yeah, that's a tight so, turnaround. So there's about two months in between the call and yep. the being on location. Absolutely. All right. It so <laughs> it was crazy. What's it been like? Because obviously, as I've already painted the picture, Louisiana is a whole different world sure. and different culture. New York City is its <laughs> even yeah. in the Northeast. New York City is its own world. Yes, it is. Okay, as a, as a Northeast boy, I love to go to New York City. I love New York City, but it's a whole nother world. <laughs> it's a world inside itself. Yes. And so, what you know, you're moving through multiple layers of culture and different ways of handling things and speech and and customs and all of these kinds of things. So what was it like? Talk a little bit about that, that move from where your roots are in Texas or Louisiana, and, and then you spent substantial ministry time there. And I'm sure you learned a lot at those churches, but then mm -hmm. well, you're not just going to wholesalely pick up what goes on in Thibodeau right. and move it to New York City. I mean, with right. all due respect to Thibodeau, yeah. uh, by the way, did you see I know how to say that correctly? That's hey, I was impressed. I like that's it. because I've been to Louisiana a few times. I think we quizzed Thibodeau a time or two. Trust me, I Probably didn't. So. Yeah, but so you you have principles, yes, but you can't just transplant the whole thing. You can't just cookie cutter it. So right. what was it like on a family level and then also on a church level, that transition into something new, into something really different? Sure. Well, one of the things that um, really helped me, especially at the beginning, is the scripture, make your callings and election sure. I knew that God called me. I was comfortable in that. And so the way that I kind of view that is if God calls you to something, that means God trusts you with something. And so I was walking every day saying, God, trust me with this. And I was looking at this incredible, wonderful culture of people um, because it is, it's a different world. It uh, is. Louisiana is not the Northeast. No, it's not. Um, but one thing I, I you know, I, I depended very heavily on scripture. I depended very heavily on a missionary mindset. I was excellent. not. That's an excellent point. I think we would do much better all across North America if we realized that even though on the surface it looks like because we speak one language or that, that we're one. No, there are multiple. Mm -hmm. There are multiple cultures being reached. And if we if we went in like missionaries do which are they're forced because the 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 uh, the dress is different the language is different maybe the skin color is different maybe the food is different all these kinds of things well 
almost all of that is true as well. If you yeah. stop long enough and realize as you move across North America, it's a great point, Donnie. Yes, sir. The, and you know, one of the things that really guided me was whenever you, you get through in the book of Galatians, whenever it talks about the fruit of the spirit and you get through the fruit of the spirit at the very end, it says against such, there is no law. And that was an anchor for me. It's like, you know what? You can love people in Louisiana and you can love people in New York and they're going to know that they're loved. Absolutely. And you can have joy in Louisiana and you can have joy in New York. And that's going to that can that can bleed through any culture. And so if you can become the full embodiment and produce the fruit of the spirit in your life, it can it it's it can it can enter into any culture, and that was kind of the mindset that I had. It's like love people, bring joy, exhibit peace, and you know it. It really God can take a boy from the from the gravel roads of Louisiana and put him anywhere, and um, that was really the one of the things that really helped me. I was sure of my calling, and I knew that the fruit of the spirit could work anywhere, and that was something that really helped me mentally. Did you expect the joy to take you to the Today Show? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, my that's goodness. A, that's a while. All right. So let's park there for just a moment yeah. before, we, before we go on. So uh, obviously that was uh, probably close to three years ago, right? Uh, 17, eight, was, was, was it 2019? Yeah, 29. I'm sorry. My dates are like so yeah, jumbled. It's got to be 2019 2020, right? So you've yeah, done 2019 was I'm, I'm sure it started a little sooner. So how did you end up with the Macy's Day Parade? What? What? Yeah. You know, you're in New York City. You're pastoring a church, probably not even quite two years, and you're going to go be in the Macy's Day Parade. Tell us the backstory of this. Um, there was a there was a there was a family that walked into our church. They had lived in the city, um, and then they were looking for a church. Uh, found us online. Gave us a shot, moved to moved to Westchester, and we're close to our church. And the um, and she worked for Macy's very, very high. Actually, she ran the parade. Okay. And and just wonderful people turned great friends of ours and offered to offered to serve. Hey, you need anything for, for the parade? Whatever. I'm sure you've got the entire Manhattan Island at your disposal that you can use. And she does. But um, if you if you need an extra hand, let me know. And through that, through a crazy sorts of uh, uh, things, I, I had a friend that wanted to be in the parade. And I went and I told her, I said, hey, look, I have a friend that actually wants to be in the parade. And feel free to say no to that. I just thought right. I'd throw it out there. It's like, please say no. And that, oh, no. That, and she was like, oh, no, that'd be wonderful. And you, too. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> I will. I will drive your golf cart. I will pick up trash along the street. I don't necessarily want to be in the parade. Oh, so, oh no, it only works is if you're in it. And so show up, get the cot. And, and I'm thinking I'm toast like the whole time. I was like, yeah, I'll be toast. And, um, and I, I was butter. <laughs> so, so whenever we, whenever we get to that, um, uh, that, uh, and you can stop me anytime you want to. No, no, no. Keep going. So we, that morning, I tell Ashley, we're not telling anybody about this. <laughs> Our little secret. <laughs> and God laughed, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, God went, ha, ha, ha. Like, oh. Yeah. It's like, 
yeah, Sarah left and I gave her a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a little secret. You're not going to tell anybody about it. So you weren't going to use this to kind of go for ordination with the UPCI. You weren't going to get, you weren't going to try to run for general superintendent on the basis that you were in the Macy's Day Parade. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, who doesn't want their a stick of butter representing them? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay so you so so back up for a minute you yeah. i heard you in some kind of interview that did you have to go to clown school i did i did so clown university is a thing that they do for all of the clowns that are there there's hundreds of clowns in the parade you don't really see them on the screen because the clowns are more for the crowd that's actually there everything you see on the screen is for the people at home so but all the big balloons and floats and all of that, that's what the TV are showing to people at home. Exactly. But then for the crowd that's there to actually participate and see the parade, yeah. there's all of these characters that are actually, they're, they're training them as clowns? Absolutely. Absolutely. So like the breakfast clown group, I think there was like four butters, four eggs, and four toast. And then there's, there's the sweets group where it's cupcakes and... I don't know, whatever else. But yeah, there's all of these different groups. They have so much stuff going on. It's insane the number of volunteers it takes. Um, it literally shuts down Manhattan. Uh, but the uh, so so yeah, they bring everybody in in October, a month before, and and you go through clown training. Clown training is intense, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and and some of the things that they they talk about is like energy making sure you know how to have a lot of energy. Cause if you're, if you're on that, uh, like on the fence line and you're talking to somebody, don't be screaming in their face. And that like the energy levels one to 10, one's high, low energy, 10's high energy. But if you're in the middle of the street, you know, give it everything you got. Right. And so they really did that. And they talked a lot about cheering each other on. That was a big deal. Um, you, you, you need cheerleaders, uh, you're the people around you need cheerleaders because sometimes, I mean, you, you kind of, you, you do look a little goofy. And really? so you need to- I hadn't noticed. I thought you looked totally <laughs> natural there, Donnie. No. What's scary is there's some truth to that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you looked good with a pat of butter on your head. <laughs> just a pat, just a pat, <laughs> just a pat. All right. So set us up for how this thing with Roker go down. How did, what, what, what happened here? Oh my goodness! Um, so you're working the crowd. I am working the crowd. Riding a moped, doing doing his broadcast. He's working the crowd. Yeah, he's working the crowd. I'm working the crowd. I've got them going, man. I, like I'd go to like sections because it's in different sections with uh, with uh, with bleachers, and I'd go up to one section and I'd get them chanting butter, butter. But and so you've got like hundreds of people like chanting butter, yeah. screaming butter. And and so I come across the thing and somebody who's with Roker, one of his entourage, because it's like 15 people with him. He they they say butter. Come see. So I just kind oh, of so they over. called you over. Oh, they did. The first time they called me over because he wanted to drop some some butter jokes on me. Ah, OK. And, and so he does the butter joke and I'm just supposed to exit the scene, but I really didn't. I just kind of threw my arms out and said, have a happy butter Thanksgiving. And that's whenever he shoved me away that. And so whenever he shoved me away, it, it kind of that, that went viral on Twitter 
Yes. Um, because uh, the, the, the creator of, of Hamilton, the Broadway play, actually retweeted it or tweeted it and said, Roker did a shove to a butter. Um, and then that took off Al Roker's pushing away the butter. Al's, and so that, that was the first encounter. But, you know, honestly, I wasn't thinking anything about it. I was like, yeah, I, well, I didn't know anything was going on. So I head down the street and then, you know, we turned down sixth Ave and, and one of the, the major rules is do not, do not get away from your group. Stay with so your group. So you're all in a cadre. So butter and toast and eggs are yep. all kind of interacting. We're, we're there, out, but you're still as a unit. We have, we have synchronized little skits that we're doing too. I got it. Okay. We're, 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 now, now, we didn't we really did get to do it because we were at the very front of the parade, parade and the front and of the parade moves fast. Back of the parade moves slow. Front of the parade, it's very fast. So I think we may have been the first or second clown group. And, but, you know, in New York City, your avenues are running north and south, your streets are running east and west. And they had about 15 yards set up in the streets. So what I was doing was running down the avenue, going into the street, high-fiving all of those people, and then coming back to the avenue. So I'm running way more than I'm supposed to be. But, I mean, they got kids out in those in the streets who, you know, they want some interaction. And, and they, so can't, they can't see the avenues the way the people that are right up on the avenues are. Exactly. Exactly. And I was like, you know, if you wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, yep. you deserve a little action. And it and if it means that I get put behind a little bit, that that's okay with me. I I, I don't mind. Um, and so I was doing, man. I was hitting as many kids as I could. I was taking selfies. Uh, I took a lot of selfies. I almost gave somebody my phone number. I'm really glad I didn't do that. I almost said, "Hey, send me that picture." But I'm so glad I didn't do that. Yeah, you. I think you've gotten a few photos out of it. What do you think? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> And um, so, but then we come, we're, we're, we're coming down the, the avenue and Roker is on one side and I'm on the other side working the fence line and his little car that he's in, it's like one of those motorcycles with the sidecar. He just cuts me off right in the front and, and I see him doing it. Was it intentional? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. They were just trying to get to the other side of the street. They're, they're not paying attention. We're supposed to pay attention for them. They don't pay attention to us. Okay. And so he just, and I thought, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to run up on him. I don't know why I did it. I can't <laughs> tell you what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking, you know, it's easy for people who are sitting at home with like a chicken bone in their hand or whatever. He just, but I had no idea. I didn't know. Number one, what I was doing. Number two, I had no idea he was live because I mean, it's a two hour parade. Right. What are the chances that he's live in that moment? It's not at a commercial or Broadway's not doing something. What are the chances that he's live? And so I just run up on his cart, throw my head into the middle of his camera. And, and this is the second time, not this the, the first second time. time. Yeah. So it's already been tweeted. It's already yep. got it's starting to go viral because the because of the producer or the, the uh, yep. author of, of Hamilton has, has yep. tweeted it. Yep. And now you run up on him and he's live. Yes. So that's when everybody thought, okay, this that this thing's staged, but it wasn't. It there was nothing staged because this is the second time that I've harassed him, and 
I just jump in and I'm like, butter your ham, butter your turkey, just butter everything. (laughs) (laughs) So he punches me out again and I I go off and do my thing. Honestly, Steven, I didn't think anything about it. Like it was like, okay, it was a moment. He probably not live anyways, whatever. And um, I come around the the very last to to 34th Street and around that corner. And my wife is sitting in the grandstands because she had grandstand tickets right there at that green square. She jumps out into the street and she's not supposed to jump into the street, but um, she jumps out into the street and it's like, Donnie, what'd you do? What did you do? And I was like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about, babe. I've, uh, my thought was, I've done a lot of things. You're going to have to be very specific. Very specific. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, define this for me, please. Yeah. And um, and she's like, they're talking about you. We hear your voice. They keep wanting you back. You you did something. I was like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. And so I just kind of mosey on. And whenever I, I, I get back, you know, I pull out my phone and it is uh, it is blowing up. Oh, I bet it was. It was blowing. Up. It was so much fun. I downloaded Twitter that day. I, I was I went viral on Twitter before I had Twitter. <laughs> That's funny. So you had to get on Twitter to just find out about what exactly. happened. Exactly. Exactly. That's like so I need to control this, this narrative. So how did this? So obviously, then you're on the Today Show. I I didn't go and find that, but there's a folks. If you go out and do a search, you can find Donnie. He was interviewed on the Today Show. Did the did the weather without etc. And so. What's this? How's this? How's God used this to kind of vector this in with regard to the church? What's been the impact? What's been is, yeah. is it just you personally? Has it been context? Has it just been perspective? How's how's this intersected? And I see, Erica, you've got the questions going. We will try to wrap up. I knew Donnie and I would chat away. So keep the questions coming in, folks. We're coming in for a landing and we'll take some questions. So how did this intersect with your with your work in, in Westchester? And, and specifically, how does that tie into when you started the daughter work as well? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so number, number one, I met incredible people at Macy's and at NBC and there are some relationships that have been formed there. And those two organizations that are, are, I mean, they're my friends. Like these people are my friends. I, they're, they're awesome. Um, uh, one of the photographers actually for, for, for Macy's actually came and just took pictures at our church dedication building at, at our, and I mean, these people are amazing. Um, and then like, there's been a couple of other you mean the starting place of the gospel is the first be friendly. Huh, imagine that. Imagine <laughs> that, man. You're blowing me away, dude. I thought I was supposed <laughs> to Bible thump first. <laughs> All right. Good enough luck. of my, enough of my soapbox. You go on. All right. So, so you've made friends there. All right. Made a lot of friends, made a lot of connections. Um, you know, whenever we, it, renting a locate we our church in westchester never um uh, never had its own location of any kind we always rented another church we always leased another church or something we always did set up and tear down always ne- and whenever we went to go lease our own building recently you know everybody googles everybody and so being able to have that um uh, all of I mean, they, you Google my name and you see me pop up with the Today Show or Macy's or some sort of connection. It's almost like an instant credibility for the church and people actually want to be a part of whatever you're doing and want to help you. And so it's actually given a lot of favor 
for our church. And during the pandemic, we were able to secure our own location. We actually got an office building and was able to convert it into a church. And God opened up a lot of doors. And I overheard the realtor that I was working with talking to somebody else. I was like, yeah, I'm talking to the, that butter man from the parade right now. He's like one of my clients. And I hadn't said anything about it to him, but he had found it. And so it's just opened up doors of favor. And, you know, it's not some crazy like, oh, TV evangelist thing or anything like that. It was a stick of butter. But you mean the Lord gave you notoriety <laughs> and kept you humble at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. I didn't yeah. want to melt too bad. <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard it's hard to it's hard to get uh, uppity when you got a pat of butter on your head. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But you know if if, if he can you can use a donkey, you can use butter. <laughs> absolutely. There you go. No, absolutely. And then you open a work in Manhattan itself we as did. well? We did. Last October we um we so we had a Bible study going there previously. Um and last October, we started having Sunday services. God opened up this incredible door at a, at a great location right there at Times Square. Um, just gave us a lot of favor. And we're, you know, it's, it's been such a blessing. But yeah, right there in Times Square, we've been meeting since October. And uh, it's it's been amazing. So there's a group that lived right there in Manhattan. We just installed a campus pastor there. And they wow. are doing a phenomenal job. Um, so we have a campus pastor there. We're building a team and, um, and God is really blessing it. Awesome. That is awesome. All right, Erica, I obviously have not done this interview very well. I've kept us too long, but why don't you uh, hop on alongside of me and uh, let's see if we got some questions from my friend, Donnie. You're okay. There wasn't that many questions that popped up, so you were good. All right. Uh, was there anything that absolutely sent you into culture, church culture shock in New York that would not have been acceptable in Louisiana? Church culture shock. Um, yes, yes. And the way, the way that I, I I'm going to, I guess, tell you how I handled it was I went back to the scripture that there, there was one issue that, that arose between two people of two different cultures. And I was not of that same culture. So really, you've got three people in a room of three different cultures looking at the same issue. Um, and so what I ended up doing was I took out my Bible and I opened it up to Matthew chapter 18. There you go. Jesus Come on, people. You've heard lessons about on, that before. On conflict resolution. And I said, you know, the Bible can kind of be grayish on some things where we're like, eh, what's it really mean? But when it comes to conflict, there's no gray. It's just this. This is exactly what Jesus said. And so it's amazing how scripture and Jesus, whenever you look at what Jesus said, how it can transcend any culture. And so the way that I handled any cultural shock was say, you know, the kingdom culture is just greater than any culture that we have. And so that's what we're going to subscribe to. And that has been how I've been able to, uh, to manage any of that tension in my mind is just remember the the kingdom culture. Yeah. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would be fighting. That's so right. many times what co-ops us is we forget that we're not of this world. We're in this world. But we're That's not right. of this world. We got a different set of blueprints. We got a different set of. Right. That's right. 
Erica, another question. Uh, how old are your children and how do they feel about you being Butterman? <laughs> That's a great question. My kids are seven, four, and three. Seven-year-old, four-year-old, and a three-year-old. And they love that dad's Butterman. Their dad's a cartoon. Macy's actually made a cartoon out of Butterman. And so my kids have stickers of Butterman on their door. They love it. Um, they, they, uh, they, they, they like watching clips of it. They like seeing the book because I have the book on my desk and they're like, Butterman, that's awesome. So, so they really, one day it'll embarrass them, but yeah, one day, day they love it. <laughs> Do you use margarine or butter in your toast? Uh, <laughs> you knew my wife was going to strike, uh, didn't you, Donnie? There it is. I didn't even have to look and see the name. See, she she wants to be a cartoon character too. Do you see you see the picture there? She's trying to she's trying to be a cartoon character too. But I, I don't think she's as cool as the Butterman. But anyway, hey, there ain't nothing like the real thing. <laughs> so there's butter the answer. Butter. 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 <laughs> That's so awesome. Will, will I be in the parade? Will I be ahead. in the parade again? I don't know, and that's the honest. That's an honest question uh, or an answer. I, I do not know if I will be in the parade again. Um, there's a possibility. There's a possibility I won't. And and uh, just I I don't know. It's a great question. Time will tell. Do you have any specific stories of how your butter image led somebody to the Lord? Do I have any specific tours? Uh, um, you know what? I Not to go into specific details, I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to leave out the details. Um, I'll send you my cell phone number and we'll talk about it. All right. That sounds like a plan. Is that, is that fair? Is that that's a fair? fair. You don't even have to send it to him. I'll share it to him tonight when I walk upstairs, Donnie. So that's not a problem. Because <laughs> that's actually my son, as you can tell. So, uh, it's yeah, a great question. Yep. And that's that's all we have so far. All right. So pop up, Erica, pop up the link for folks. Um, and uh, I wanted to save this if we had time. So we as we have time, uh, you wrote a book out of this, too. Yes. So what 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 what's the premise of the book? Sure. Um, the premise of the book, the, the name of the book is called Good Butter Best. Good Butter Best. And the premise of the book is I asked the question. Um, do dreams just naturally come true or can we make it happen? Is there like a scientific process to make dreams come true? And um, I kind of go through what I really searched out on my own as what I call the growth cycle of the dream from an idea, because we all have ideas. You, you have an idea. We have an idea. Everybody listening to this has an idea. But how does that idea actually become a reality? How does one go from, man, I think I want a pastor in New York to, wow. I'm a pastor in New York. Wow, I started auto working in New York. How does that happen? And, and like I said, I call it the growth cycle of a dream. And, and I'll give you it real quick. You you have a thought. And from that thought, you make a decision. You, you have to decide whether you actually want to do this or not. Is this a thought that you won't lodge in your head? And then there's a belief. You got to believe in it. If you don't believe in it, if you don't own it, it it's not going to happen. Um, and no one else is going to believe in it, in your thought, if you don't believe in it. Belief is huge and your belief will cause you into action where you actually start taking steps because thoughts are not enough. Decisions are not enough. Um, beliefs are not enough. James said it. 
Show me you believe by what you do. Exactly. And your actions will ultimately become your new reality. And it's not rocket science. It's, it's very simple. And really, I want this book for whenever people read it to, to be able to be a guide for their own lives and where they can say, you know what? I can, I can do this. I can do this. They, this, it's not as hard as I thought it was. This is easy. We can, we can make our dreams come true. And so that's, um, that's really what I hope. And there's a lot of, I, I believe there's a lot of substance in the book. Um, one funny story about the book. I was at a writer's conference in North Carolina this past week and, you know, they were selling the book, they promoted it. And I was, that was very gracious. And a lady comes and finds me on the last day and goes, um, she's waving the book at me. And she said, did you write this? It's like, I did. It's like, maybe I shouldn't have with the way you're coming at me. Um, and she goes, this is false advertisement. I was like, Oh, please. I was like, I pastor in New York. I hear blunt criticism all the time. Lay it on me. And she goes, this cover is very shallow. Said, but the content is very deep. And she's like, you needed a deeper cover. And I was like, well, take it up with my publisher. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But but I I hope it helps somebody. I, I, I really do hope that the book makes somebody's life just a little bit better. (laughs) <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Hey, I have found the most serious topics need a little extra ingredient. So why not butter? Why not butter? Yeah, why not butter? Eric, I think another question popped in. Are you still involved in Bible cuisine? Uh, I currently am not. However, I do have a seven-year-old who is a brainiac. And um, so I may need some assistance on when is too early to Bible quiz or not too early to Bible quiz, because he's very, he, he, he's, you know, he's seven, he's in first grade. He's reading chapter books right now. He's, I mean, and he's, and he's not just reading, he's comprehending what he's reading. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know whether to get him involved next year or not, honestly, but there it is, it is close in the future. I feel it. Our our uh, personal opinion is give them two to three years in juniors because you don't want them burn out for seniors because seniors is where the rubber meets the road. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So two to three years so that he gets the basics of how to memorize. Mm-hmm. It's the basics of the game, mm-hmm. but doesn't get too used to gotcha. winning at a junior level that then disenfranchises him when he hits the senior level. Because uh, you and I both know, having done the ministry for so many years, that there are so many life decisions that are made in that 15, yeah. 16, 17 year span, those three years. And I hate to see a quizzer that quiz so many years in juniors and peters mm. out in those key pivotal years. Mm. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. The other is, is looking at it just practically, you know, all of your obligations and how it's structured, because it, it's going to take your fire. Right. Going forward. And, right. and, and then training others and then turning it loose. Oh, we got another question come in. Uh, what advice do you have for those who desire to pastor in a very different culture from their own? Sure. Number one, make sure that God's calling you to it. That's the big thing. Make sure God's calling you. If you feel like God is calling you to it, then number two, um, you need to figure out what that looks in practi- practical terms. 
and do your homework. Um, is this culture going to require me to learn a new language? Is this culture going to require me to uh, to move from where I'm at? Does this uh, well, uh, do your homework? Don't go in blinded. Um, talk to as many people as you can. I spent ten years doing research on church planning. I spent ten years making connections of everybody that I could in the Northeast that I could think about. I was chasing people down. I was calling random people who had never. So you mean you mean you didn't just you didn't just befriend Dad and I because you thought we were cool, (laughs) Ronnie? I feel I feel used. Uh, You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) That was a God thing. Um, I you know you. uh, Whenever I learned that I would mean your dad would be there together, and then I learned he was in the Northeast, I was like constantly. So, what do you think about this? What yeah, about you were? I was like peppering him. I was like praying for somebody to turn a call a timeout so I could talk about New York. Like, hey, let's talk about New York. Let's talk about this. And, um, but yeah, he, he didn't have anything to say, did he? He didn't have anything to tell you, did he? <laughs> uh, and then I was like, hey, let's go eat pizza. And so I took him to a pizza place. I was like, let's, let's talk about this. This is where I'm at. Um, Do you have any advice? So I would say, find somebody who's already doing it. Somebody who's already in that different culture that you have a passion for. And there's a great chance that if, you know, they're a good leader, they are going to want to pour into you because you have that desire. And whenever they do be an open book, write everything down that they say, remember everything that they say, research everything that you can and just give it everything you got. Do as much research and homework as possible. Whenever you walk in, you're ready to roll. It's good advice. Yep, it's good advice. Good advice. All right, folks. Well, we are coming towards the top of the hour. Donnie, I so appreciate you spending time with us tonight. And um, we're, if I can say it this way, we're very proud of you and proud to know you. And uh, I am glad that I can claim to know you before you were famous. Remember us little peons as you as you come into your glory. Although I'm not sure how much glory butter is going to take you to. But anyway, remember us little peons when you come into your kingdom. <laughs> and uh, but we are. We're proud of you and Ashley and, and your, your beautiful family. Um, your kids are cute as cute as buttons, man. They are just so adorable. And um, we're just proud of everything. And obviously, New York City needs so many more churches. Yes, it does. So our prayer is that God will continue to multiply your influence, your connections, uh, your relationships. And uh, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, folks, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, uh, you can find out more about us at NewYorkUPC.info. We are currently not on our physical campus due to first COVID. And then we had Uh, damage to our property. And so our sanctuary is literally being completely renovated. So we will come back to a brand new sanctuary. You don't want to miss the broadcast. Sunday, August. No, I'm blanking. All right. Dead air time. Sunday, August, August, August. You said 28th, right? Now it would be the 27th. You don't want to miss the Sunday, August 27th, because I am 99.9% sure I will bite the bullet and tell you exactly when we're coming back to our campus. So you don't want to miss that announcement. Tune into that. But until then, we broadcast six nights a week, Tuesday through Sunday, seven o'clock every single night. And uh, we encourage you to come and be with us. And uh, Donnie, thank you for spending time with us tonight. It's been exciting. It's been a joy. And uh, I will admit that when I, uh, 
I forget how I saw it or where I ran into it, but my first instinct when I saw the reports and everything, I went, I know that guy. <laughs> I'm like, yes. what a nut. He's on <laughs> a few years and now he's in the Macy's Day Parade and he's already famous and he's running into Al Roker. So I was very excited for you. And uh, so it's it's great, great. And uh, I'm looking forward to spending some time with you, man. The COVID come rolling in and I, I want to spend some time with you. Obviously, I haven't gone near New York City for a couple of years. You yes. understand why, <laughs> uh, Stephen? Yeah. Yes. You said August. Do you mean July or June? Did I say August? Yeah, it you is did. Either August or J okay. Let me be clear. The broadcast you do not want to miss is June twenty seventh. Now, the reason I said July or August is, of course, it's that's the time frame I've been hinting at you all that we're coming back to our campus. I am ninety nine percent sure that I will have a definitive date for you on June 27th. So thank you for catching me on that. That's why I've got a co-host to help me out there. Thank you, Erica. It is June 27th. Don't miss that broadcast, that Sunday night broadcast. Um, and unless something drastic happens in the next couple of days, we'll be announcing to you some more details there. So Donnie, thanks for being with us. To all the rest of you, thank you for joining us in the broadcast. We will be back again tomorrow night at seven o'clock. And so with that, good night, everyone. Have a good night.